on this episode of the Everett Lee Show, we're heading across the galaxy. We're talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi, season one, right here on this episode. And to join me on the conversation is none other than returning to the podcast, Chris Carnage of the Chris Carnage Show and Final Score. And it's happening right now. The Everett Lee Show Podcast, a shot of entertainment. Chris Carnage, welcome back, brother. Wow, it's been a long time. How you been? I've been hanging in there, brother. Gotta give a good old hey, fans, to everybody out there, you know, doing all this great stuff. Um, been uh, quietly working behind the scenes. Uh, Final score has been on hiatus for a little bit, but uh, you know, going to be having some stuff going on, so it's going to be pretty crazy stuff. But uh, pretty excited to talk about some Obi Wan. So uh, we'll see how everything goes. Nice, yeah, Obi Wan. I know you hit me up the other day, and you said we started talking, we started catching up on a lot of things, and then you dropped, "Hey, have you seen Obi Wan?" I said, "Of course I did." I said, did you see Obi-Wan? You're like, of course I did. And then we talked some more, and here we are. You're back on the Everett Lee Show. You want to talk Obi-Wan Season 1? And I'm excited to talk about Obi-Wan Season 1 because great six-episode story, wasn't it? It definitely was, all directed by Deborah Chow. Uh, I honestly thought it was really good. Paid homage to a lot of Star Wars lore, uh, pulling things from all over the Star Wars universe, uh, including even Star Wars Rebels. So, uh, really great stuff. I felt like they did um, with this with this property. I'm not. That, that's one. That's one thing I have to say that I'm not too familiar with because I know I, ha- I have Disney Plus, and of course all, they have a lot of the Star Wars content on there. Star Wars mm-hmm. Rebels. That's one thing I have not watched, and I think we've had this discussion there. And those who not have seen Star Wars Rebels, can you briefly fill in on what that's about? I actually haven't finished Star Wars Rebels yet. I'm a little ways into it, uh, as well as Clone Wars that I've been working through. But uh, it does, uh, with Rebels, Darth Maul, I know, is involved to a certain extent with that series, uh, as well as being involved in Clone Wars in in the back end of the series so uh, a lot of interesting stuff that happens with uh, both those properties right there but uh man but obi-wan kenobi and everything that they did and how they were able to tie so much in there we even got our our good old hello there in. so great stuff man like i gotta get your 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 opinion though like with the story that they told with you know spoilers if you're uh you know just joining us uh <laughs> with with uh Leia and Luke and how they're able to tie all that in together, uh, being able to save Leia and, and, and be able to battle these inquisitors, uh, a lot of interesting story elements and aspects of the, of the, sorry, of the uh, star Wars universe that hasn't been, uh, fully addressed yet. We had our first ever Sith on Sith live action battle yes. in the series, which I think was huge between Reva and Darth Vader. Uh, a lot of great stuff, man, that really happened in the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of lot of great stuff happened in the series, man. Because, I mean, 
yeah, the first Sith on Sith battle you get to see with Reba and Darth Vader, and you got to see a lot of familiar faces that came back to this series here because when it was first announced that Star uh, Star Wars is coming up coming out with a new series Obi Wan Kenobi, I, I got excited about it because there's a lot of story to tell, Chris, between. Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. There's so much in that time that went on because you can you can add so much elements to storytelling. Did he... Everyone thought he stayed on the planet the whole time, overlooking Luke, making sure everything's alright, and you didn't see any or hear any really interaction with Leia. But... With, with the series, that changed there. It, it took everything by surprise. It took me by surprise with how how they well they did this with the story and just little tidbits of people coming back. You got the actor and actress came back to play Luke, Luke Skywalker's uncle and aunt. They came back. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. Then you had... As well as uh, the leader of Alderaan, uh, the senator. He was also the same actor that was from the uh, prequel trilogy. So uh, a lot of elements they were able to pull in. And, and I have to say, you're not lying. There's a lot to cover in the 19-year span between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. And uh, we've already seen some little things that have been dropped, but not much. And this has been really the first real look, I feel like, into the Empire and, honestly, primetime Vader. <laughs> oh, Vader, Yeah. Yeah, when it was announced that Hayden Christensen will come back and be Darth Vader, he was going to be Darth Vader. I thought that was great because the I don't know uh, the actor who played Darth Vader in Episode Four, Five, and Six. Uh, I don't know if he's still alive or what, but. Hayden Christensen, I thought was a great choice because he could wear the out wear the Vader outfit, and you could see him really, you know, his movements of that character. But of course, you know, you got James Earl Jones doing the voice of Darth Vader. How can you go wrong with that right there? He, I mean, he's Darth Vader, the voice of him. And what was your reaction when you heard about Hayden Christensen coming back wearing the outfit and being Darth Vader, Chris? Honestly, you know, when you when you look at Darth Vader and what Hayden Christensen brought to the character of Anakin Skywalker, uh, a lot of people kind of hated on him in the prequel trilogy. But I feel like given all the time that have passed, to really see him come back and truly kind of flourish in the role, uh, especially when you got, I believe it was uh, episode three or episode four of uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi when they're having the lightsaber duel. Um between him and Obi-Wan on Coruscant at the Jedi Temple, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was a great scene, a great way to really first show Hayden Christensen. I believe it was episode three. Um, and also the lead up to the first Obi-Wan-Darth Vader battle, which obviously, you know, Darth Vader was whooping, whooping that ass. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but... Uh, it was great, I think, seeing Hayden Christensen come back into the role and really put his stamp on it. And I think fans really received that well. They did. 
They did. I I was surprised. Fans, yeah, fans were like, "Wow, this is great. He's doing a great job." He's Anakin. He's the closest we're gonna get to Anakin, you know. Now that's alive, the actor that's alive, the play that played that character, and yeah, Darth Vader. He actually he kicks a butt, but what I like is that Obi Wan thought that Anakin died and when he finds out he's alive and he finds out that Anakin's Skywalker is Darth Vader his heart and everything just sunk it's like wow he thought he left he thought he left his best friend to die you know like a brother because we saw what happened in episode three you know at the end of there he's like you are my brother (laughs) you're supposed to destroy the sith not join them and i just remember just him crawling up and just the sith eyes and just like "Ah, ah," just so much hatred hatred and anakin as Darth, you know, tra- making that transformation into Darth Vader, and you get to see that hatred in this, his hatred towards Obi Wan, man. How did how'd you feel about that? Seeing that hatred, <laughs> it was it was crazy, especially when the way they were able to capture Vader, uh, and, and the way he was just coming at him. And if you look at a lot or listen to a lot of the lines that were used in Obi Wan, it pays so much homage back to the relationship during the prequel trilogy. And it's really great stuff. And especially when you get to the last episode, part six, where you have the second Obi-Wan versus Darth Vader lightsaber duel, uh, absolutely riveting everything that they did in that battle, uh, the lines that were said, uh, the uh, cinematography that they chose, uh, really was strong, really, really strong uh, in telling this story. Really great stuff, man. Honestly, really great. Yeah, it's it just really great, great storytelling with these six episodes. Because looking at the first episode, like like you said there, like the beginning of it, it the story takes place ten years after after Revenge of the Sith. The Jedi are hiding. The Empire is control of the galaxy. They're hunting down any Jedi survivors and anyone that causes that seems like a threat that's going to stand up against the Empire, they take them out. And they have a group of people hunting Jedis that are Sith that they're called what what was the name again of them? I'm Inquisitors. Forget. Inquisitors. The Inquisitors are hunting down the Jedi across the galaxy. And you see Obi Wan living on, living in. Uh, Find him living on Tatooine, where Tatooine. he's actually working uh, to basically carve up animals that are being found in the Dune Sea, uh, mm-hmm. while he's still kind of overlooking Luke and making sure that Luke is okay. Uh, the reason he's not involved with Leia is just because Leia is safely on Alderaan with you know an army around her and you know uh, high-ranking politicians and all kinds of different things uh, to be able to help shield her and protect her so uh she ends up in a much better position than what luke is who's just you know moisture farmer so yep (laughs) yeah much much better better position but you see you see luke just 
you see briefly him as a little boy because there's not too much of the story with him and Leia as kids, which we get to see. We get to see a lot more of there. But yeah, Luke, he's he's yeah he's on the farm. He's living with his aunt and uncle. You get to see Leia. You get to see how she's living life. And, yeah, she has it a little bit better than Luke. But this is all to protect him from uh, making sure, like, the Empire don't know about them. And everything is going good. And then the Inquisitors come, and they're looking looking for Jedi. One Jedi comes for Obi-Wan for help, and he's like, I'm not Obi-Wan. I'm Ben. Obi-Wan's gone. And... That Jedi ends up getting killed, and d- then all of a sudden, Leia gets kidnapped by none other than the flea from the Red Hat Chili Peppers. <laughs> I I was like, wow! I was like, this, it's been a while since I've seen Flea in a movie, man. And I was I was happy to see f- just Flea. So he he kidnaps he kidnaps Leia. And this is all a plot and a way for Reba to draw draw out Obi-Wan because she knows Obi-Wan's around on Tatooine, but not exactly where. And this way, this will draw him out to go save Leia. And when um, Jimmy Smith's you know, like you said, he replies his, reprised his role as the senator from the prequels. He reached out to Obi-Wan for help. It's like, yeah, he's going to go help. He's like, go find someone else. <laughs> hey, yeah, he's like, I haven't been a Jedi in 10 years. What do you want? <laughs> well, what, what was your reaction for that, man? When he's like, this ain't the same Obi-Wan I remember from the prequels, you know? <laughs> it was kind of saddening to see... You know, we won in a vulnerable state, but it was like, uh, uh, it was painful, man. I felt like I felt like Peter Griffin on Family Guy, just sitting there holding my knee, going, ah, uh, ah, uh. and I don't know it, but I, but he can't be surprised. He went into hiding. He went into his own exile to try and hide from the Galactic Empire. So at the end of the day, he was doing what he had to, and if trying to mask his force powers as part of that and not practicing the force, then so be it, I guess. You know, he went and buried his lightsaber and everything. Like, <laughs> he was done. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was done, man. He was. And he finally, when he finally, yeah, and then he finally decides to go do it. And he goes and buries his lightsaber and decides to go look for Leia. And in the second second episode, you see him looking for Leia. And I, I pointed this out to you when we were talking about this. I said, did you notice the Clone War, that soldier that was sitting there, it was the same actor who played uh, Bubba Fett and, you know, Jango Fett from previous. It's the same actor because the, you know, the history with the clone the clone war you know with the clone soldiers the stormtroopers and i thought that was a neat little cameo there because i was like oh that's cool it's like just bubble fett jango fett right there i mean he looked different but um obi-wan is going after looking for leia he got information where leia might be and he's looking around and stuff and 
I don't know if you knew this or not. You know the girl that sold him the powder? Did you yeah, did that, you hear about That's actually uh Ellen McGregor's uh, daughter. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was surprised about that. I was like that's pretty cool. I didn't know that was uh his his daughter. I thought that was pretty cool because I, I like I like little tidbits like that. I think that's pretty neat. It adds more to the to the story and to the element and stuff. But it was it was neat how he had to track down he tracked down a Jedi to find where Leia's been, you know, being kept. But apparently this guy's not a Jedi. It was it was none other than the actor from I remember who uh was the Bollywood character from the Eternals. I don't know who who his name is, but that's how I remember him, Chris, <laughs> from the Eternals. It's like, oh, it's the guy from the Eternals, man. He's pretending to be a Jedi with magnets and stuff because I thought he was a real Jedi until <laughs> until Obi Wan found out, you know, proved and showed that he's like you're flaw you're a fraud, man. I mean, he was trying to get people across the galaxy. He was trying to help people, but at the same time, he was robbing them and. Obi-Wan went to him and exposed him and gave him, you know, point him in the right direction to find Leia, but the, it, it just, it kind of just surprised me for the fact that, and I've seen this online, I know you've seen this online, when Obi-Wan goes and rescues Leia, I liked I liked what he uses, and he uses that dust and everything that he got to mm-hmm. use it to get in there and to get Leia, but he don't even use his lightsaber. He's using blasters. I'm like, wow, I never knew knew that Obi Wan, you know, became a you know, using a blaster blaster type. Yeah, guy. even got to that point, even though he said in uh in the prequel trilogy that uh, they're so uncivilized. <laughs> That's right. I, I I thought back to that dude. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Oh. I did. I was just he became that type of person. And what what I'm referring to here, Chris, is Leia's interaction with Obi Wan. Because in A New Hope, she never brought up the fact it was like, Hey, remember that time when I was ten years old and you came and rescued me? You know? I guess there's a time and a place for everything and I guess that wasn't one of the things or she was too young or something there though but didn't didn't that cross your mind there and then when I don't know if you saw that there people said well, how come she never mentioned that in the uh, new hope you know the interaction that she had with him when he when she was a kid what what the hell happened to that I mean what was your take on that there um, the thing is, is that when you really look at A New Hope and the very, very brief interaction that uh, Leia and Obi-Wan have in that, um, really comes down to the message that Leia puts in R2. And when Luke and Leia and them see Obi-Wan on the Death Star as they're escaping to the Millennium Falcon. So with that in mind... Uh, Leia doesn't have a whole lot of interaction, and I think that's why she was pleading the way she was, just because she does, you know, have that personal relationship with him. It had just been, you know, a good nine, ten years since uh, seeing him. So I think that, you know, it's something that can be explained just because they didn't really interact that much in A New Hope. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, they they didn't they didn't really interact too much in a new hope. They they didn't, but I think I think this was a way to make up for it there because again, storytelling, it's storytelling, man. You know, this is this is storytelling. It's making the you know, filling in this time gap here between episode four, three and four. Which I again, brilliant. Brilliant. But I like how she as a child you know, I have kids. You got kids. Twenty questions. Twenty questions at saying oh, all this yeah. stuff, man. You're Jedi. You're not Jedi. It's just, I I love the casting. They did this perfect because this was like Leia down to like a T almost because of how she carried herself and everything. This this kid did great. This child actor did great portraying a young Leia and. I just like the hell she she didn't believe him she didn't trust him and when it came time to for for him to you know where he had to stick his neck out and save her she believed that he was a Jedi because especially when she fell off the building there and he had to use his powers man he had to to save her but I do like the fact that the inquisitors uh, Reba she was like tracking Obi-Wan and near the end of this episode she does track down Obi-Wan in that hangar but she drops a bomb on him man Anakin Skywalker is still alive and he couldn't believe it but he searched his feelings and he yeah he felt his presence and you get to see you see Anakin you know, in that, you know, in the water, and it's Hayden Christensen all makeup up, all burnt up from what happened to him, you know, in episode three, which I thought was great. You get, you get to see two perspectives, which I loved about this, Chris, was mm-hmm. you get to see more of Vader outside of his helmet, and you get to see more of that, you know, and you get to see him in the helmet and outside the helmet, which I thought was great. For like expressions and just that anger I talked about and mentioned earlier with with Darth Vader with his hate towards Obi Wan, but mm-hmm. I, I like Reba. She she goes against the Headquisitor, you know. You notice that she goes she goes a little bit off the, the script there, you know. <laughs> well, what's crazy about that whole thing is that Reba. Uh totally merged the grand inquisitor and then the grand inquisitor just pops back up randomly later on in the series or in the <laughs> season i should say and you're just like oh okay <laughs> which they never explain how that happened or whatever you know through the series so a little bit of a plot hole there but it is what it is um mm-hmm. yeah. but one thing you said though about casting, uh, what they did bringing in uh, Vivian Lyra Blair, who plays Leo Organa, uh, great, great casting right there. Uh, great child actress was also in um, what was it, uh, Bird Box, um, and real great actress. I think has a promising future, but was able to really portray what Leia was. Uh, I think very well. A uh, very strong role that she had to step into. So, 
uh, I think with her going in there and doing that was really great stuff. Yeah. Yeah, because it's just she she did great. She did great. She fit, I mean, that's pretty big shoes right there for a, a character, you know, in the Star Wars series, you know, playing mm-hmm. a younger version of that character that's such, you know, iconic there. And she she delivered it well. She did it well. And of course, hats off to the to the boy who he didn't have that much screen time though, but when he did, you know, for for the kid, you know, the child actor that played Luke, you know, young Luke, mm-hmm. same thing. Same thing. They did they did great. They definitely did great. And yeah, I just like like the relationship between like the the the, the Inquisitor Riva and the Grand Inquisitor, and then she takes kind of over after that she takes him out, you know, and he's been he's gone there for a while, and the the Inquisitor is played by Rupert Rupert uh, Freen Friend mm-hmm. I think he's been in a lot of a lot of movies too he's well known in a lot of movies too so I thought I thought that was great there and I like how when Obi-Wan finds out about Vader and then when they're trying to get to a safe place and when they get to that safe place if I can remember on the one planet they get to to be Sabine, yeah. And Vader tracks him down. Vader mm-hmm. tracks him down. And they pretty much... That that episode right there is, kind of reminds me of a cat and mouse game there. Because they get trapped. They get boxed in. And there's no place to go. And then when Vader comes, man... <laughs> Vader don't play, dude. Chris, Vader don't play. When he came walking through that town, <laughs> oh, just and just one-handed. Oh, dude, I just love it when they get when they uh, after they leave that planet and get to Jabin. Uh, he's walking through after getting called down by Reva, and is walking into the hangar, and they start taking off in the escape craft. And he just one hand grabs it with the force and just holds it right in place and starts pulling it back down and just, and just is still walking and just wrecks the, the ship back into the hangar and starts tearing it apart. Like uh, you, we had talked about, like you said, like a can opener, uh, <laughs> just tearing that thing apart, man. And uh, it was crazy. It was, it was prime Vader, man. Prime Vader. Yeah. Yeah, it, it it just that's that's one of my one of my scenes that one of my I have to say one of the scenes out of that series that got me was when he's walking through that first encounter when he's walking through there and he's just walking through and just grabbing people and just throwing them around just you know just so much hatred in him that just that got me man i'm like wow this is just this is nuts man but i i do like like when they first when they do first fight and this has been a long time because the last time the last time these two fought someone had the higher ground which was uh obi-wan but i mean he don't want to fight vader but vader fights him they fight and he pretty much gets his butt kicked. But I feel Chris that Vader kind of held back some because 
he still has some good in him. It's like he wants to kill Obi Wan for the, what he did to him, but at the same time, he's like, oh, I just I want him to suffer too. And dude, when he lit the ground up on fire and he dragged him through it, <laughs> God, yeah, man. that was pretty boss. <laughs> wow. Well, that that was that was pretty balls. Yeah, that that was there. It's just you you just see that hatred and you feel it. You feel how Vader feels against Obi Wan, and you know you know the history. But Obi Wan gets away, and him and Leia they end up on a planet, and. Where, yeah, they they end up on Tabine, and they need a ride, and they get a ride with this one guy who's like all like pro Empire. He's for the Empire. I just it killed me, man. To listen to this guy talk, I'm like, oh no, 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 not Tabine. You're talking about me. when they were on um, was Toll? No, not Toll. Oh, I can't even remember now. But it was the mining yeah. planet. The mining planet. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was interesting right there when they got on the mining planet there. Well, yeah, when they got on the yeah. mining planet because well, actually, don't Leia gets caught again. That's right. Yeah, Leia gets caught, and he has to Obi Wan has to go rescue her. I think that's before this here, or it's after. after. Yeah, after. But before that, yeah, they're on the mining planet and they're trying to they're trying to, you know, find a way to get around and well, that was before Obi-Wan and Vader's fight there, but still, I like how they met the person who pretended who was with the Empire and then she ended up betraying the Empire and she gave a reason why, but I want to go back to that character when he's when they get a ride from him and he's asking questions and I like I like how Obi Wan's like you're my niece or no you're my daughter our mother passed away and then they oh yeah that's uh actually it's Zach Braff uh, from the popular series uh, Scrubs who <laughs> plays Freck uh, the uh, the transport driver when they were on the planet uh, Mapuzo that's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> he did pretty good, man. He did good. Yeah, when he was doing Freck, yeah, Freck, Freck was all picked him up and was asking all these questions, and they were like, "Obi Wan to give this answer and Leia giving another answer," and he kind of looked over and is like, "Child, it's like stick to the script." <laughs> it's like she didn't want to st- stick to the script, man. <laughs> she just, <laughs> she's like, it's like. You know, it's like Obi Wan gonna backhand him. You know, it's like, <laughs> pow! I'm gonna force slap you, man, if you don't listen to the script. <laughs> now, but, another thing, you know, another thing they did that I really liked with this is that they actually showed Vader's uh, fortress on Mustafar. Yeah, uh, which I thought was really, really awesome. <laughs> it was, it was that you you figured you figured someone who got burnt half the death. You think they would like have a different location besides like lava? <laughs> yeah, maybe a water plant. Go to Scarif or something, you know. But nah, let's 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 go to Mustafar. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I do like his fortress and everything because you briefly you briefly got to see that in um, Rogue One. Remember? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you be, you be, briefly got to see his his fortress and everything in Rogue One there, but yeah, that that was pretty cool. I like I like seeing his fortress there where he was chilling and everything, but yeah, uh, I liked how Freck was. It just, I just laughing. Oh yeah, the Empire. The Empire is really good. You know, they've done some really good for us and everything, and they're they're doing just great. It's like. <laughs> No, they're not good. They're bad. They're evil, man. Just some people are like that in the Star Wars galaxy. They love the Empire. They love the Empire, what they do. Uh They keep order. And then a lot of people like the rebels, you know, like the Empire, the rebels scum. (laughs) I just had to throw that in there. (laughs) They, They don't like the Empire. But he was one of the ones that... You got to see who liked the Empire. He freaked out, and that's when they met the spy, the who was part of the Empire. And I liked how she gave her, she talked and gave a reason why she betrayed the Empire, because yeah. she thought that was uh, Indira Varma playing Tala Daruth. Yes, yes. That that name has come up in the past before, has it not? Yes. Where where have I heard that name before? For uh, Tala Daruth, has mm-hmm. been I was mainly involved in a lot of the book series. Uh, they actually made her canon by being in this, so uh, hats off. Hmm. But uh, yeah, but played by Indira Varma, great actress. Uh, you've seen in a lot of different roles, uh, including in Rome, Game of Thrones, uh, and a couple different things. So um, yeah, I thought it was great. Great casting, and, and you know, touch on more casting because there's a lot of people people don't realize they're in this. Like, obviously, we had uh, Zach Braff, but also with Shea Jackson Jr., who plays Callan Roken, who's a leader in the Path Network uh, on Jabeen, um, is actually the oldest son of Ice Cube. Really, played and played in the as his father in the biopic Straight Outta Compton. No way! That's where I. Uh, that's where I thought he he looked familiar at. Man, wow! That's that's amazing. And like you said, Game of Thrones. There's quite a bit of actors and actresses that's on here that was on Game of Thrones. And mm-hmm. I remember um, what's her name again. She she. I remember her from Game of Thrones. Man, I remember when uh, I think it was season. Four, I think it was, or five, or six. Yeah, she was the wife of the uh, of Pedro Pascal's character. Yeah, uh, in Game of Thrones, uh, who was the prince of Dorne. So, yeah, yeah, pretty crazy, man. Yeah, I I love I love this. I love like seeing all these Game of Thrones people and all the casting and stuff, but. That's 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 amazing, man. That but, is. But but another casting uh, decision they made: the fifth brother, uh, who's an inquisitor who rivals Reva, um, and is trying to become Grand Inquisitor himself, is actually uh, Sung Ho Kang, better known as Han in the Fast and Furious franchise. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that's actually him. I thought he looked a little bit familiar, man. I just said, wow. Dude, what? Dude, you're dropping some great stuff, man, on me. I love it. <laughs> I love it. You know, Chris Carnage comes prepared. 
Yeah, he does. Yes, he does. <laughs> That's right, fans. <laughs> I love it. I definitely love it. But yeah, she she helps out. She helps out Obi Wan. Leia gets caught. Leia gets caught by Reva, and she gets taken to what is that planet? they were at with all it was just this is kind of different from what we've seen from the clone wars where it was all water and you had one base in the middle of the water what the heck was that planet because it was different man it was so different it's being <laughs> held on the fortress inquisitorious yeah is the name of the fortress okay. located on on nur Nur. Okay. Okay. I I thought that I thought that was that was pretty neat there. And yeah, she's she's like interrogating a ten year old. Reva's interrogating this ten year old. And I love how Leia was just not, you know like she says I this is my favorite part was Reva said said, All I just want to do is just help them, Leia. That's all. We just want to help. We just want to help him. And Leia's like, oh, you want to help him? Okay, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. And Jareva's like, oh, yes, finally, I'm going to get an answer from this child. And then Leia's like, yep, I'll tell you. I need to talk to my dad first. I'll tell him, and then we can all help him. <laughs> and she's just like, ah, remember that? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that was great. She's like, you can't fool this kid, man. She's too smart for this. Reva you're you're just give it you know give up there and i i like how obi-wan comes in that you know gets he sneaks in there how he sneaks in there thunder yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's absolutely crazy and then he ends up finding the vault of jedi that have been killed and cap or captured and killed by the empire that have all been put into look like amber more than anything but yeah, it is crazy. Yeah, that's before um, before what they found out what they could do with Han right there. I'd say that's what they did. The carbonite. The carbonite. <laughs> yeah, that's before carbonite. Yeah, I was trying to think, and I was I was like, what the hell? I was like looking. I was like, are they dead? Are they alive? And oh, they're all dead. They're all dead. It was all the Jedi, just all of them, man. It was like, wow. You know, it's like going over to that crazy uncle's house, you know, and you go in that room in the back and he has all the heads of all the deer and animals he killed. That's basically what this was like, a trophy room there, man. It was like a grave. But I like how when Obi-Wan's in there and it's kind of like the, it kind of remind, this remind me of episode four. New Hope. I don't know if it did too with the communicator going back and forth there, <laughs> and then she ended up. You know, you're not supposed to be at this station. <laughs> she gets up, walks back, and then all of a sudden you see in the background you hear you know Obi Wan there you know hollering for you know trying to get her, and you see her in the back there just whipping whipping ass. What gets me, Chris, is like how can you not hear someone's ass getting kicked back there? Everyone's right. all quiet in there, and they're all doing their stuff. And you hear, you know, you know, in the back, it's like, what the hell? <laughs> it's like that ain't the rip. That ain't the rip. You know, the rip current passing through right there, man. Someone's getting their ass kicked back there by the modems, man. <laughs> and, 
you know, laying right there. No one walked by and noticed, like, oh, there's a body right here, you know? Just <laughs> no one cares. No one cares. But, you know, I, I just noticed that, but I'm like, ah, I'll just go with it, dude. This is Star Wars, man. <laughs> You know what else I thought was kind of crazy is the lengths that the Inquisitors were going to, especially when it was, uh, I think it was part one or part two, I believe it was part one, where the third sister, Reva, had was threatening all the villagers and whatnot in Tatooine about trying to find Obi-Wan, and you had, uh, uh, oh my gosh, well, I can't remember his name right now. Owen. Owen, yeah, yeah. you had Owen there. And uh, Reva almost starts threatening to kill him. Uh-huh. And it's like, it's crazy the lengths the Galactic Empire would go to. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was crazy how, how the links, you know, the links the Empire would go to because they were trying just every way they can right, to right. get a Jedi and just, just get the Jedi, especially Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan was like at the top of the list for that stuff, man. And she wanted she wanted to get him, man. She wanted to get him because that that's who Vader wanted and she wanted to get him and bring him to Vader because she thought that could put her up there further next to him, which we find out later, which I thought was a great twist though, but I like how the rescue went about and everything, and when it was revealed mm-hmm. that she was a traitor, I oh yeah, I like it when when um, shoot when Leia was in the room and it was dark and all of a sudden like you know they're in there they're like the guards are in there like what's that and all of a sudden you hear you know and then it goes dark you're like where is he and all of a sudden he pops up behind him obi-wan does remember that was cool as hell dude and then leia got all excited and is like yeah i've come here to rescue you i didn't die because i like i remember that reeves like obi-wan's dead we killed him and she's like no and then there he is again in the flesh coming to save and i liked how i i, th- I thought to myself chris when they got ambushed in the hangar. I'm like, how are they going to get out of this one? And I did not expect reinforcements to come shooting in the hangar, which I thought was great. Oh, yeah, that was good stuff. Yeah, that that was one of my favorite rescue scenes there. And then they they go back to they go back to uh, uh, Wing, right? Or no, mm-hmm. no. Where was the place where everyone was trying to find get on the ship? leave again where Jabin Jabin yeah everything they're at Jabin now and then they're about to leave and then the hatch doesn't open because um, Leia's droid got a tracker put on it and Mm -hmm. basically gets up in the the controls and cuts the controls there and they're pretty much stuck there the Empire shows up and corners them in there, which is great because it's like, what are you going to do now? And Obi-Wan's like, I'll talk to him. I'll, I'll buy some time. And it's funny because when Obi-Wan's like, I can do this, I'm going to do this, they look at him and they're like, what? No, you can't do that. And it's like, yeah, this is Obi-Wan, dude. 
He could do yeah, that's it. That's Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> yeah, it's Obi Wan. Trust this guy, man. Trust him. You know, it's Obi Wan. But I do like the conversation he has with Reeve Reva because if you remember the beginning of the episode one, you see like younglings getting killed at the Jedi Temple, which they didn't mm-hmm. dive too much into, you know, because of time and everything and stuff. Because what how crazy the world is nowadays with stuff, but we we know what happened, you know, to the younglings. Mm-hmm. Anakin went in there and slaughtered them, you know, which is sad. But you get to see a little bit more of that and Reva was one of the younglings that life was spared and she turned to the dark side. The conversation Obi-Wan has with her and says, you're, you're hunting him. Vader, which he was referring to. Mm-hmm. That, that right there, when me and, me and my wife was watching that, she looks at me and she's like, oh, I was like, no way. I never thought of that. <laughs> Obi-Wan brought something out. And it made her angry, man. It's like, shut up. And it's like, you got your own agenda, man. You got your own yeah. agenda. How'd that's you what f- gave way to our first uh, Sith on Sith live action battle, man. And I thought it was pretty crazy, you know, once that was revealed, just because inevitably you knew it was going to lead into that. And it did. And the battle was Vader just toying with Reva. And. It was absolutely amazing, though, to see first red-on-red battle, man. Mm-hmm. So epic. It was. It was. But the way the way they presented that there, because so far up in the series at this point, I felt Rev at one point could probably turn good, but I didn't know how it was going to happen because I, I said to myself, Chris, I said... This character could turn good, or she can end up dying. That's one of the things. She can end up probably turning good, dying a hero at the last minute because it's been it's happened before in Star Wars. I mean, look look what happened later on with you know Vader. He becomes Anakin briefly, and he saves his son, and then he dies. You know, I thought something like this was going to happen with Rev, but man. Yeah, that's when, uh, of course, like you said, the Grand Inquisitor just shows back up again. It's like, all right, where the heck did you come from? <laughs> and I'm sure they're they're going to explain it in season two. I'm sure they're going to like address that because I, you know, everyone's like, oh yeah, yeah, where, where the hell did this guy? Do we thought Ray yeah, Rev back out of nowhere? Yeah, he just come. Nah, he's just cloned, man. We just got we got a whole bunch of them, you know, waiting there. Just you know, we just suit up, you know, ship right out there. You know, get back, get out there, man. Good luck. <laughs> Don't come back, not unless you bring a Jedi with you. <laughs> right? Just yeah, but yeah, that was that was pretty epic. Then that's the same part where right before the you know red on red lightsaber fight is where Vader just reached into the sky and just rips open the ship like a can opener. Man, I I said this to you when we were talking about that before. I said that just shows how much hate and anger he has for Obi Wan. Man, just he don't care. 
He don't care. He wants to kill the guy. <laughs> and it shows how much strength he had at that point, too, because Vader, like we said, this is prime time Vader. Like, he is so strong in the force at this point that it is just ridiculous, which I think shows again itself when they're having their, their final battle uh, in part six, um, where you see a lot of use of the force by Vader battling Obi-Wan Kenobi and everything that he endured in that battle. Of course, though, Obi-Wan gets the upper hand by taking out the little breathing box, but you know, hey, gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that there, man. That 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 right there, that that last that, that last episode there, it was it was pretty damn good because Obi-Wan gets everyone out of there and they're on that ship, they're out running the Empire. Obi-Wan decides to go and separate himself from the pack so he can lure Vader away. And that's what happened. And I liked how when people question Lord Vader, and uh, <laughs> you don't question Lord Vader, you know, I, I thought he was going to like, I, I wish, Chris, we would at least seen him just like just choke someone, you know, just sit there when they're in the pursuit of the, of the ship. I was hoping to see like when they're like, but Lord Vader, you know, the. We need to stay on the rebels and stuff. Yeah. I just wanted to. I, yes, I wanted to. I just wanted to see him, like, because remember in the originals, when you question Lord Vader, you know, I was wanting to see that. And just him turn around, snap around there, and it's like, follow Obi Wan, you know? It's just, I, I wanted to see something like that, but it still turned out great. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it still did. It definitely, <laughs> definitely did. Um, overall, what they did with this series, I think, was really great. Uh, so many actors who reprised roles or brought in roles that we saw that were uh, involved more in, in the book series and stuff of that nature. Um, really great stuff, man. I'm really happy with what they did with this. And overall, though, what kind of grade do you give this? Obi-Wan Kenobi. All in all... I would have to shoot like if you go like if you give it an A B C D F rating I'm gonna have to give it I'm gonna have to give it a an A because I loved the story I loved the elements they pulled in to tell this story here I love the interaction that Vader and Obi-Wan had, the callbacks to a lot of stuff that was previous from the prequels to the originals to A New Hope to just returning cast, new characters, and just how this this turned out. This, this turned out really great. And what really was the icing on the cake for me was at the end when uh, we got to see um, Obi-Wan's former master show up finally after him calling out through him through the whole series. Mr. Um, Liam Neeson Gwaikon. Gwaikon who uh, lost his yeah. life, who was killed by Darth Maul and the Phantom Menace and when he showed back up, I was like, I was like crapping myself there. I was having a fanboy moment. <laughs> it's like, Qui Gon, because I love 
my favorite thing about episode one of Phantom Menace, Chris, was Sam, was Liam Neeson as Gwai Khan. He he did great. You know, he trained. Yeah, Obi- he was a great Gwai Khan. Yeah, he he was great, and him coming back for this. You know, and him seeing the interaction with with a much older Obi Wan, I thought that was great, man. I loved it. I was like, this is great. But yeah, I I'm looking forward to seeing what they what they do next with um with season two. And I do want to throw this out here, um, Reva. She she's been she's been in a lot of stuff. She was in Captain Marvel. She was uh, Cara Danvers' no, best thinking, friend. No, you're thinking Lashana Lynch. No, that's that's her. No, yeah. it's played by Moses Ingram is who plays Reva. Yeah, she she was in Captain Marvel. No, it's Lashana Lynch. <laughs> Are you sure? Are you, did, Positive. Oh, man. Am, Okay. I looked it up to make sure. Yeah, did you? Because she she wasn't in Doctor Strange, was she? Moses? No. No. Simon Lynch was. Oh, okay. All right. They look the same, but different actors. Actresses. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah, there I am. I was about to go into the spew about, you know, it's like, I love how the MCU and the Star Wars. Okay. All right, that's that's cool. That's cool. But Obi Wan season two, what have you heard about that, man? Are you looking forward to seeing more of the story continue? Are you looking forward more to seeing what Obi Wan is going to do next for season two? Well, it's going to be interesting because uh, season two apparently has already been greenlit uh, by Disney. And, and and Star Wars franchise uh, is going to be rolling out with ten other properties as well. Uh, so there's going to be a lot going on in the Star Wars universe here in the near future, um, including a lot of things like Andor that's going to be coming out, Bad Batch season two, um, talking about uh, what was it the Yoda uh, possible Yoda series, um, all kinds of different things that they've been talking about doing. Uh, that they're going to be rolling out here soon. So definitely keep an eye out with Disney and Star Wars. Um, I'm definitely, definitely excited looking, looking, you know, forward to this here because the it's just it's only going to get bigger, man. It is with having having series like this, and they talked about having a series like this for years ago. Do you remember when they first talked about it? Uh, I don't know if you, I read it online somewhere. And there was possible talks about it years ago. They said, "Let's do an Obi Wan. It'd be cool to do an Obi Wan series or Obi Wan movie." I don't know if you remember anything about that. Oh yeah, they had talked about it when they first acquired uh, the Star Wars franchise uh, that they wanted to do something with Obi Wan, uh, especially after how much fanfare Obi Wan had after the prequel trilogy. So it was definitely very interesting. To see how long it took them to get to this point, but honestly, I feel like they created a great, great series. They did. They they created they created a really good series, and you had Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor, he loves the character. He does. Mm-hmm. He is Obi Wan. He he is Obi Wan because the original actor who played Obi Wan in in A New Hope, Alec Guinness. Al, yeah, he he did 
I mean, he was in the, you know, four, five, and the six. But having Ewan McGregor, like, play this character and he loves he loves the role so much and you you can tell chris he has a he has a good time playing this character he loves it and him coming back to play this character after how many years was it since um revenge of the sith i think revenge of the sith uh, came out in seven, 17 years 17 years <laughs> yeah because revenge of the sith came out in 2005 yeah and this is 2022 yeah, 17 years and him coming back after 17 years and Hayden Christensen coming back after 17 years man I mean come on these guys love Star Wars you know they're they're. I mean how can you go wrong man how can mm-hmm. you go wrong and I'm I'm definitely looking forward to uh, season 2 but since we're talking about Star Wars did you hear about the you just recently, not too long ago, about another, ep- uh, not episode, but another show, who's going to be making its come comeback, probably at the end of this year, I think, for season three, The Mandalorian. Oh yeah, I've been hearing about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, The Mandalorian. I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with that one right there. Um, Mandalorian season three because they already put a teaser out and fans are receiving exciting update for the Mandalorian season three man and it's coming out in February on season three's coming in February of 2023 yeah you're looking at me like where are you getting this information from the internet. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> I'm excited about the Mandalorian because didn't we do a podcast talking about the Mandalorian? I think so. Yeah, yeah, we did. We we did talk about we did talk about the Mandalorian, but we're gonna have to we're gonna have to talk about that there when when that happens there. Um, I think. We never did because we never really did talk about the book of Fett. I never did get your take on that, man. man, (laughs) Since I I got you right here, um, book of Fett. What do you think about it? I want to hear your take. The book, the book of Boba Fett, I thought uh, was really, really good. Um, I really liked how they did a lot of, of the series. Um even though a lot of people kind of complained with how much it jumped around uh, between like Mandalorian aspects and back to book of Boba Fett and then uh, jumping in, into other arenas as well. Um, I thought that overall though, that it was really, really well done. You saw Luke Skywalker come back in. You got to see an update with Grogu. You got to see the Mandalorian. Plus you got to see, of course, Boba Fett, uh, with uh, Shannon Fan, uh, sorry, Fennec Shand, we English today. Um, so I thought it was really great stuff. Um, I really also like the fact that he wrote a Rancor, which was absolutely epic to the T. Yes. Uh, and just seeing it just destroying parts of uh, Mos Espa and all that. Um, really great stuff. Really great stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I liked how they mixed the Mandalorian in. There was memes going around saying, yeah, the Mandalorian, he had to come in and he had to save Boba Fett because the show was sinking, which I didn't think it was because they used, in a good this is how I look at it, Chris. They used the Mandalorian or the Book of Fett to help set up and launch season three of the Mandalorian because it was like okay at how the Mandalorian ended you're like okay where where are they going to go how is this going to go and it was a great catapult for that and if they ever cut they come out with a season 2 of Book of Fett I'd love to see it I definitely would love to see it because I love that character and I love how he came back like he did in the book he destroyed the beast and he came out of the pit, man. It was freaking brilliant. Storytelling, it don't get no better than that. That's what I love about Star Wars. Obi-Wan, Kenobi, like we talked about here tonight on this episode. The storytelling, the storytelling is great. It keeps us hooked us hooked in. We want to see what's going to happen next. Season 2 of Obi-Wan, I want to see what happened to uh, Reva. Where the hell, what, what the hell happened to her? She disappeared you know after that big battle there and she couldn't kill luke after she hunt him down and mm-hmm. what where's she gonna go did obi-wan put her in hiding what's gonna happen i want to see what's gonna happen and i want to see if they build up for another vader obi-wan fight because i don't think that's the end they're gonna have more fights <laughs> You're going to have more fights, man. I mean, come on. Vader, you can't throw a punch of rocks on top of Obi-Wan. Just like... It's just like... And he walks away, and I'm like, really? (laughs) That was my... I got to address that, man. I was laughing. I was dying laughing because Vader's like... Like that, and all of a sudden you see all these rocks falling all over Obi Wan. You see you and you know Obi Wan like ah, like that, and do 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 do, and then he just walks away. And I'm like, come on, man, <laughs> this is Obi Wan, <laughs> and it's like, it's like you're not gonna kill him, man, Vader. God. Like that. I know. I was just like, come on, and then when he busted out, and then when he went after him, yeah, and he busted half his mask open. And, oh, gorgeous scene! Yeah, that just—you get to hear a little bit of more of you know who you know. Just wow! I just yeah, that was my favorite part there. I just was like, this is cool. This is some good stuff, man. It don't get any better than that. But yeah, I want to see more of that, and I hope they don't. You know, he don't throw no more rocks. You know what? Actually, it reminded me of Chris. Uh, Empire Strikes Back. Remember when Vader, because I always laugh at this, even as a kid, when I first saw it, when he's fighting his son, when he's fighting Luke, and he's sitting there like this with the lightsaber, and all of a sudden you see all the stuff flying, hitting him. You know, you see like, uh, it's like I picture someone off off camera, like, action! And they're throwing like a computer, they're throwing stuff at Luke, and he's like this, and they cut the camera back, and Vader's sitting there like, You know, it's, it's just like <laughs> that, that when I saw Vader come up and he's just standing there and you see all these rocks flying and, you know, I'm like, it remind me of Empire Strikes Back, which is some great stuff. But um, besides that, man, 
This has been fun. This has definitely been fun, man. I'd love to get you back on to talk about some more TV shows and stuff. Um, real quick, before we take it home, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. What did you think of that? Uh, I watched it for the second time today. Um, honestly, overall, I thought it was good. There were some plot hole issues, I feel like, though, mm-hmm. with certain aspects of the movie. But overall, I thought it was really well told. Um, good movie. I uh, love what they did with Doctor Strange and, and like showing all the different aspects of Doctor Strange and even having him possess his own zombie self. like <laughs> Crazy stuff like that. But I just didn't like how they turned uh, Wanda into a heel and into a villain. Mm-hmm. And I feel that in some ways was kind of, I don't know. It just seemed weird to kind of see her in that role in this movie. But she did it well. Yeah. Yeah, she she definitely she definitely did it well because the way I, the way I look at it is that the dark hold corrupted her and she wanted the one thing that she wanted the most was her kids and that was her whole quest of that but we got to see different aspects of it and when um doctor strange uh, possessed his zombie self dude that reminded me of evil dead so much sam randy did great <laughs> he did great and just danny danny elfman the soundtrack geez just fantastic but yeah i yeah hopefully hopefully they'll explain some stuff more loopholes and everything you know with with that as time goes on and did you watch the mid-credit scene and the end credit scene oh yeah <laughs> bruce campbell it's over <laughs> well i was in the theater when when that happened we everyone died laughing they thought that was the greatest thing man <laughs> but yeah it's it's great it's great and uh could have to do this again sometime again you know thank you thank you for coming on here tonight man and what um what do you got going on anything going on any updates or anything that you want to let people know about right here uh so yeah big update with final score uh final score will be coming back next month I'm going to be going uh, to a new type of broadcast schedule where we'll be covering only football, um, college and pro. And uh, we'll be broadcasting seasonally from July uh, through uh, to the Super Bowl. So um, and also having a draft special. So uh, final scores going to be changing up a little bit, uh, trying to bring you guys more on football. Uh, hopefully you guys still watch. Uh, so definitely expect a drop soon at PCN Final Score on uh, Facebook. Um, so definitely keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, Chris Carnage though has been on uh, Seven Kingdoms Twitch live streams recently, uh, getting back into the mix of things. Uh, Seven Kingdoms haven't dropped their new CD Zenith. Uh, they're getting ready to do a CD release show here soon. Um, so definitely make sure to check them out. And Chris Carnage himself is going to be doing some Twitch streaming here in the near future, so definitely make sure to keep an eye out on that as well. So, uh, yeah, a lot of things in the works. Nice, nice. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chris, for coming back on here to Everett Lee Show. It's always a fun time and always a blast when Chris Carnage comes on because the Everett Lee Show loves having some carnage. 
And any any other social media that you want to plug? Definitely make sure to check out uh, Chris Carnage. Uh, Chris Carnage, like I said, is going to be having some more stuff going on. So make sure to check him out at Chris Carnage Official on uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and on Twitch. Uh, as well as checking out Final Score at PCN Final Score on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, and also on Twitch because uh, we're going to be having some stuff going on with that as well. So, yeah, a lot of, a lot of great stuff going on. Nice, nice. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chris, for coming back on here to the Everly Show and discussing Obi-Wan Kenobi Season 1 right here. And that is it for the Everly Show. want to thank everyone for tuning in and listening to this podcast. And we'll see you again next time for another episode of the Everett Lee Show. Peace! Follow the Everett Lee Show on the following social media platforms. Facebook, The Everett Lee Show. Twitter, at The Everett Lower Score Lee. Instagram, Everett Lee. Subscribe, follow, The Everett Lee Show, on the following platforms. Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Amazon Music, YouTube, Everett Lee, and Johnner's Podcast Network, WrestlingWithJohnners.com. Follow Podcast City Network on the following social media platforms. On their website, Podcast City Net. Facebook, Podcast City Network. Twitter, at Podcast City Net.